0: I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most-respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene That's d-r-g-e-n-e at h-e-n-s-s-l-e-r dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally
1: aired on Saturday, May 8, 2017, Economic freedom The excessive, the excessive, excessive decline, decline in the, in the dollar. Like the late
0: rally on Wall Street, big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. The economy, the economy, the economy. Welcome. Yeah. This is Money Talks. Good morning. Good morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on the radio. I am your host, Troy Harmon, at least for the day. And I'm here this week. We got a special show. It's uh, all research. So, uh, me and my research analysts are here. We got Nick Antonucci. Hey, hey, Nick. Hey Troy. This is radio. It doesn't play well when you just he's look
2: looking at me you. like he's going to follow that up with something, but yes. <laughs> nothing happened.
0: It's, it's Nick Antonucci. Isn't that you? That's it. Okay, that's good. Uh, we also have Jacob Keane. Yeah, that's me. Jacob. Hello. I'm here. Yeah, he's, he's uh, quite cool. We also have a couple of guys who uh, double as uh, both our interns for the semester, uh, as well as they're in the Kennesaw State University Student Managed Investment Fund. We have JP. Hello. And we also have Morgan. <laughs> Morgan.
3: Hey, how are you guys hey, doing?
0: Doing doing great. It's, uh, you, good, you guys good. are giggling like schoolgirls. Yeah. It's our this first is, time uh, on radio. It's great. Yeah, well, okay. Well, it's exciting. A it's crying. a couple of rookies here. Don't mess yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah, they might be rookies, but uh, they're well on their way. A couple of smart guys. We'll uh, get more out of them in a few minutes. But, uh, guys, let's talk about the market. uh Another positive week. It's been kind of bumpy. Though, yeah, right?
2: it's it's positive. We're up 20 bips. Uh, 20, not not 20 a whole lot to say there. Hey,
0: it's only five, six uh, What are we talking about?
2: That's true. Some chop.
1: Just a little bit of chop.
2: Yeah. But if you look at the year, still well positive, up 7.37% in the S&P 500. Um, so nothing to complain about there.
0: Absolutely. Uh, leading the pack, information technology up 16.6%. Yep. What's up? That's uh that's pretty serious stuff there. Uh, healthcare has uh, gotten a boost. We're over ten and a half percent there. Consumer Same thing with consumer
2: discretionary.
0: Absolutely. Uh, two negative sectors on the year. Energy has lost eleven and a quarter percent. What's going on in energy? Yeah, prices are down. Yeah, oil yeah.
2: prices
1: rough right now.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's still all focused on supply. It seems. Um,
2: pretty interesting, I think, if you look at the second worst performer telecom down nine point four percent it 's a small sector it is very small sector, but also uh, if you look at utilities it 's up almost seven percent. those for the most part tend to trade somewhat in line to the dividend pairs you know
0: yeah telecom you don 't usually see that big of a a, a
2: down big. year in telecom
0: absolutely uh, telecom outperformed uh, utilities last year, but not by a real wide margin uh, and now you see telecom in a serious swoon real estate's also Uh, It's positive, but it's only up 2.8%. Like I say, the market's up 7.5% thereabouts. A little bit interesting to watch, but some of that's related to interest rates for sure.
2: Sure. Um, Also, we're kind of making it towards the the end of earnings season right now. Um, Had about 400 of the S&P 500 companies report earnings so far. Seen sales grow about 8%, earnings up about 16%. Yeah,
0: a lot of that earnings uh, growth is... uh, all in the energy sector.
1: Yeah, it's coming from energy. I think uh, I saw that uh, FactSet was saying it was about four to five percent could be of that could be explained by
0: energy. Really? Yeah. Not surprising. Um, Easy it, it's comps still, for energy. Exactly. We're oh, still yeah. comping to a to a, a year ago when things were still pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, first quarter of uh, 2016 is when we finally saw a turnaround. In uh, oil prices. So that's, uh, that's the comps we're looking at at this point.
2: All things considered, uh, it's been better than expectations. Uh, you have sales surprise relatively in line. I said better than expectations. Sales have beaten expectations by about a half a percent on average, earnings by 6%.
0: Yeah. Uh, so earnings season's coming along. Looks like uh, giving us a little more confidence in the pricing that we saw that moved ahead of these earnings. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're still big focuses on regulation, lowering of regulation. Uh, potential lowering of regulation in Washington, and we got a serious vote on that this week. Uh, looks like the House has actually passed uh, the bill to, to strip away a good portion of uh, the Affordable Care Act, right. Right, Obamacare, uh, replacing it with what is an uh, American Health Care Act. What's the official right, right. name? I think that's it. Uh, too early to say exactly, but I did uh, notice that uh, the video... Uh, when the House passed, shows that Democrats—they're uh, trying to make it as if it were just a, uh, uh, you know, an innocent reaction. They started singing na, na 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 na, hey hey, goodbye.
2: That was actually yeah. Troy. That wasn't the song. <laughs> if there's any. Confusion uh, yeah, there. There.
0: <laughs> there might have been a little bit. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. But here's <laughs> so the thing. Copyright. Uh, really, is it time to taunt each other? Over uh, a vote like that this is the Democrats saying basically that uh, um, you know those who have voted to to uh, kill Obamacare are actually going to lose their right. elective office uh, it's uh, it, clearly there was there's so much division on so many issues uh, health care being one. i don 't know if I would be bold enough to say that that 's going to be enough to kill your your uh, future in politics
1: well i th- I, th- I think there was honestly some bipartisan support going into the election that there needed to be some tweaks because we've already seen a lot of the providers pulled completely out of states I yeah mean, it was news just the other day that aetna pulled out of uh virginia right. correct
0: yeah so they had all almost all of the major providers and pulled off of the uh, off of the exchanges prior to the election
1: r- right so i a, a new solution needed to be found uh, because right. you're getting to the point where there's some counties in America where there's only one choice, and if you get them to pull out of that county, then how is how's the program going to work?
0: Yeah, and right. you're you're still forced to have insurance. Uh, you know, there was a there was a mm-hmm. fine for for not holding insurance. It, it was it truly was uh, not working as originally designed, and a lot of it. You know, they were supposed to make us a system where the, the health care got more uh, affordable. And In a lot of cases was it has not. It didn't, yeah. All right, so uh, still watching that. The market, uh, as we've talked over several weeks now, has uh, moved ahead of uh, expected regulatory changes, uh, lower taxes, those sorts of things. Uh, first 100 days for the new administration surely didn't... Uh, Bear a whole lot of fruit, right. but um, uh, you know maybe this is the first step in that direction. Uh, but the market surely has quite a bit of that priced in. We believe. Uh, got quite a bit of information out of the economy this week, Nick. We got uh, University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey, and it came in as expected, 97, uh, which was basically flat.
2: Yeah, it was a one record. point drop from the pre- from the preliminary reading. Um, current conditions dropped just a little bit. Um, expectations improved to kind of offset it. Um, this was last Friday. The consumer sentiment came out. So right. all in all, not a bad reading there, which is not the case for a lot of the other data we got right. later in the week. GDP um,
0: was a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, last Friday came in at point
2: seven. Um, first quarter is typically weak. Um, obviously, they're going to blame it on the weather. Yeah, some pretty <laughs> significant <laughs> storms in the northeast. So if we can't come up with any other reason, let's just blame it on the weather. It's winter time. Right.
0: It happens every year, about the same time of year.
2: Right. We saw consumer spending growth slow. In the quarter, unfortunate there. Fixed investment was the main driver of the growth, especially equipment and residential investment. Real disposable income growth slowed to 1%. That was the slowest in more than three years. So income continues to be uh, – income growth, that is, continues to be something that we're not getting to the, the level we would like to see, especially when you have inflation, 2.4%, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, savings rate rose to
0: 5.7%. Yeah, we got the ISM manufacturing index. We watched this relatively closely because it uh, – does seem to be pretty highly correlated with uh, GDP growth uh, we got a bit of a bit of a slap backwards uh, fell from fifty seven point two in march to fifty four point eight in April
2: yeah, and this actually fell below the first quarter average of fifty seven
0: yeah all right not good news uh n b a mortgage applications we look at this one every week uh, composite index decreased by point one refinance index was down to four. 4.7 percent, while the purchase index was stronger by 4.2. It's spring. People are buying houses. Uh, refinance uh, interest rates have pretty much left the station. If you haven't refinanced, you're way late in the game. Uh, so it's not real surprising for us to see.
2: Although still, you look historic, by historical standards, still pretty affordable. 4 yeah. percent right. for 30-year mortgage.
0: Yeah, uh, we got a FOMC meeting that uh, happened this week as well. Uh, Janet Yellen came out and told us
2: nothing new, no surprise, no surprise, no yes. rate
0: hike. But what was interesting was the aftermath, what happened with uh, indications of the next meeting,
2: right? right. You saw a probability jump from uh, 67% up to today, it was 97, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it seems all so but certain that, yeah, the that we're going to get, yeah, exactly, a, a rate hike increase. in June.
0: Yeah. Uh, another thing we see, jobless claims. Uh, what is this, the lowest we've seen it in it's, forever? Uh, yeah, like it's, I, did I see a 17-year low at one point? Forty uh, years. Four, lowest levels in 40 years. Now, that's the uh, the four-week moving, moving average, average. So the longer-term yeah. number, so uh, the one that's a little less follow Longer-term, I mean. Uh, yeah, uh, for, four For Four weeks, weeks. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and
1: it's, Troy, I think that's kind of interesting because we're talking wages and we're talking unemployment, and then you see the uh, productivity. Actually, non-farm productivity fell 0.6 percent. Yeah. So we're not seeing the wage gains because I don't think we're seeing the productivity gains. Yeah, I right agree with
0: that. Yeah, it wouldn't be a surprise if that. I mean, the two definitely are interrelated, right? Guys, let's uh, take a quick break here. Um, We might come back to some economic information, but we'll definitely have a dog of the week. Stick around. Special treat, J.P. Foster and Morgan is going to give us our dog of the week. Let her rip, guys. All right. Today we have one coming in
4: from uh, New Jersey. Uh, All the way from New Jersey. Cr- yes, sir. Their All local the Crime there. Stoppers <laughs> reported a $500 reward for a stolen Ronald McDonald statue.
0: Who took Ronald?
4: Oh, they do not know. However, is a 150-pound, 7-foot-tall statue and was stolen between 11 p.m. and 10 a.m., Probably because you can't pick that thing up in the middle of the day.
0: It's, it's hard to be a marketer these days. you get got is. your Ronald McDonald. At, and Now, this is just a regular standing Ronald McDonald, or I mean, is this one, the, this one, is the one that, on that the... sits down, gives oh. you a, a nice hug to take a picture with? Oh, I don't see what's that's odd
2: enough. about this. This is, it seems no, like okay. a, Having a, a serious death case.
0: You, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it, it seems like it would be a crime to have Ronald McDonald hugging people. But. <laughs> well, according to the owners, uh, they said whoever stole
4: Ronald McDonald didn't just steal from us. They stole from thousands of parents. Who want to share their memories growing up with their kids.
2: Nobody wants uh, to take their kid to sit next to Ronald McDonald. <laughs> no, I agree.
4: that's, that's I not. But really I am
2: looking forward to where America they do find right. Ronald because I have a, a hunch that it's probably going to be somewhere you wouldn't expect. And, and yeah. he's just going to be hanging out in a really crazy location. Well, it's going to be funny.
4: Well, where you could find some of this stuff, and I'll turn this over to Morgan, uh, we got some consumer research oh, on Robert. whether or not you can purchase one of these bad boys. Uh, so is
0: Ronald for sale? Is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah. So, like the article stated, and we kind of also assumed that uh, you know this guy probably stole this thing to sell it because I imagine you know they don't make them anymore. They're probably kind of expensive to somebody. And you know somebody, somebody. I mean, I'd, I don't know if I'd want one, but somebody. Uh, we pulled some prices just from eBay, and the average price for just the standing ones is about three grand, and I think we saw some like close to ten. And they're uh, actually the, selling. Uh, I don't
0: know. well, I mean, they're listed. Did you and, see you know, one that was supply, seated that might have been man. marketed out of New Jersey or? Well, no, you know, I think. You know, but you that, know what? Isn't That's that what
3: electronics? You might need to check Craigslist. that what well, yeah. e-commerce let's let's it's probably on there right now.
2: Take an economics turn on this, right? Supply's low on these because you had so many people dressing up as clowns, scaring people. So they did away with Ronald McDonald for a while. Uh, probably way, started so making the statues.
0: Nick, if you're referring to me, I didn't dress up on a cl- <laughs> like a clown on purpose. It,
3: That's just totally your everyday look.
0: I'm yeah, wondering absolutely. if the rest of
3: these on this eBay page were stolen too and just didn't make the news. No, I can't they? imagine well. the uh, franchise franchise owners selling their own statues.
0: Hey, you know what? McDonald's, once in a while, they'll do a little bit of a, a retrofit to the restaurant. And maybe That's right.
3: Ronald's got to go somewhere. Ronald's got to go. True. Well, it's All a good way to make a
0: quick buck, I guess,
2: illegally. Maybe the nice
4: way to make a quick buck as as we can see, the, the price – they're gonna to have to bump up that five hundred dollar reward to something. Oh yeah, I More mean real. if you, can, won't let the market if you can
0: get, get three bet. to ten thousand dollars off of eBay it's for a your, whole lot of chicken nuggets. Uh, yeah, and I don't even see one that's seated there, so uh, I don't
4: either. It's
0: clearly not the one from New Jersey at this point, but we'll keep watching eBay. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe the local police in New Jersey will do the same thing. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Um, again, that's J.P. Foster and Morgan Sanchez. Our Interns for a semester or two uh, hanging out with us. We'll have them back in a few minutes with a few more comments, but let's take a few questions. Hey, uh, if we're all about answering financial questions on the radio show. Uh, if you have questions, you can send them to us via email. Uh, just uh, email us at drgene at com. That's H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. You can also... Call us, 770-429-9166, where you would get a live person. Or you can send a, a request to our question hotline. Basically, the way this works, you call in, you leave your question, we play it on the air, and then answer it right behind. We don't have one of those today, but uh, you could be next. Question hotline, 1-855-429-9166. Again, um, if you wanted to get in touch with us electronically, you don't have to email. Hensler.com is our uh, website, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R. You can uh, find multiple ways to contact us, uh, social media. Um, Again, if you want to find us, it shouldn't be too tough for you. Uh, We got a question this week. Craig from Loganville asks, uh, between stock options and owning stock outright, if I need fast cash, which of these two would be better to hold on to? I have about the same net value in each. So a guy owns stock options. He didn't say in what.
2: Yes, there's right. a lot of stock unknowns and stock here in a, yeah. and, a, and a, a few things to consider. Um, first off, the fact that you need fast cash, um, first thing that comes to my mind is do you not have cash reserves? Do you not have something? Uh, you know, a savings account, whatever it may be, where you can access that very quickly. If that isn't the case and these aren't, you know, stock options from your employer, uh, you just decided that what, whatever cash reserves you've had, you wanted to invest in stocks or, or bonds, it's, it's not what we what we would recommend for your emergency needs.
4: Right. So uh, there,
2: getting into something as volatile as, as stock options with the money that you could need at any moment is not a smart move.
0: Yeah, Um The other thing is between the two, they're probably both relatively liquid. I would think uh, the most liquid is going to be the stock, uh, the individual stocks. Uh, the options might have a little lesser liquidity, but uh, if it, it, it all depends on what the stock is. If it's Apple, I'm sure that either one of them would trade very quickly. Sure. If it's some obscure company that's uh, uh, not nationally known, you're going to probably have more of a difficult time getting your cash and maybe even having to give up uh, some of the value currently in the market just because you wanted to, to reverse that option position. Um, right,
1: you- and it's, it's, it's important to – Note the risk and options. I mean, it's it's an instrument that basically if the price goes nowhere, you're losing money every day right, just right. because of the theta time, yeah, time, time, time value. Um, my assumption here is this is probably an, uh, an, an option from the employer. Oh,
0: yeah. Now, that brings up a whole list right. of new issues. Can uh, you sell it? Yeah, it might not be liquid at all. If it's something that your employer has, uh, has issued to you, uh, not only do you have to exercise the option to get the securities, then you have to sell it. So right. there's at least two steps that we would know of, and quite often there's a time lag. Uh, regulation requires that you hold that stock for a, a set amount of time before you can uh, before you can exercise or sell.
1: Right. Generally, generally what I've seen is uh, you're going to have a, a strike price well. Well below you know, the market value that the security is trading at. Right. So you're actually going to have to put up money, and then there's going to be a lockout period, generally speaking, for a, a year mm-hmm. on those. Right. So you're going to have to buy the stock through the option and then sell later on. You um, threw
0: up. Strike price, and without getting too much uh, in the weeds technically, basically that's the price at which uh, your the value of your option becomes positive. So it's uh, the the stock, the underlying price of the security that it would cover has to to uh, get above that before uh, before your option is uh, going to have value.
1: Right, right. So for example, if the option was for the right to buy a stock at ten dollars, that would be your strike. If it's at Eleven, you're a dollar in the money.
0: Right, and if the stock is selling at nine dollars, it'd be pointless for you to to exercise the right. option. It still might have some value in the market because Certainly. if the option hasn't uh, expired by then, it's like you called it theta a minute ago. It's time. Right. Uh, there's there's time value in the option itself. A whole lot more technical than we normally get into, but you know what, guys, this brings us uh, into a, a good lead in into our. Uh, situation we talk about on a weekly basis. Uh, this week, we've got a, a circumstances around a, a situation. Harry and Nora uh, have amassed a good amount of wealth uh, through their business. They're, uh, interested, they've invested wisely and aggressively, uh, as aggressive as you can, using stocks and ETFs uh, based on their estimation. Uh, the business is at a point where they can contribute the max to their uh, SEP IRA. Uh, which is fifty four thousand in two thousand and seventeen, uh, because of their wealth and how much they 're able to save yearly, uh, their advisor considers them sophisticated investors. Uh, wants to talk to them about uh, alternative investments. Um, what would you appro- what would be appropriate alternative investments for average investors uh, there 's a whole lot of them, so what we 're talking about is not stocks and not bonds and not normal mutual funds or exchange traded funds
2: right. I think the first part is you say, you know, investment for an average investor. As we know, working in this business, there's no two investors that are exactly alike. Right. It it depends on your circumstances, first of all. You have to be able. investor
0: is is something else anyway. Yeah. Normally, we wouldn't recommend alternative investments for the average investor.
2: Right. This is a high net worth individual we're talking about. Right.
1: Right. And I I, I think it's. I think it's a viable option, especially if you own a business, because you are get you are levered to the U.S. economy and the performance sure. of the capital market. So, I, I, generally, what we're talking about here is you're trying to you're trying to get an instrument that's not correlated with stocks or bonds.
0: Right. And and by that you mean when the price of stocks go up, uh, they either go up by significantly less, or maybe they even go down. Quite often, bonds and stocks. Um, Price movements are, are in opposite directions so,
2: so let 's throw out a couple of these that might be included commodities, sure. uh, real estate hedge funds, private equity, precious metals you can even go out there coins wine, art, things of that nature
0: absolutely and uh, you know something that i've i've looked at lately over uh, for a particular client of ours um, usually if you 've got plenty of stocks and bonds um, you 've got a I would argue that your 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 portfolio is probably reasonably diversified. Things that might add to that diversification, though, are are going to be commodities, gold especially. Uh, you know when the Real dollar assets. strengthens, uh, gold weakens. When the dollar weakens, usually during a recession, quite often we see uh, gold prices rally. Um, that's that's definitely one of the ones that uh, that I would point out that is uh, good. And if you don't have I mean, depending on how big your portfolio is, if, uh, if you've got a, a huge portion in uh, uh, equity securities, then you might have uh, uh, include more bonds to get more diversification. Right. The more diversified you get, let's face it, the less your portfolio, uh, the, the, the value of your portfolio changes. Right. So, uh, let's take a real quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish talking about this and probably talk to you a little bit about how Hensler invests. Stick around, we're gonna pay a bill or two and we'll be right back.
1: Had my eye on you a long time, Doctor. I consider you one of my most valuable long term investments. And when it comes to my investments, I always
0: do my homework. (laughs) Listening to Money Talks, that was a pretty abrupt end to some music, wasn't it? When it doesn't fade, you have to kill it. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Uh, You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here again with uh, Nick Antonucci and Jacob Keen, as well as our interns. Uh, We've got uh, JP Foster and Morgan Sanchez, and uh, we were talking before the break about alternative investments. Uh, We talked about a. A sophisticated investor. There's several different ways to describe sophisticated or accredited investors. The two are not the same. Uh, it, you know, an accredited investor actually has a dollar amount they've stuck to. Uh, what, what makes them accredited I think right. it's a million dollars liquid to invest in two hundred or, or or not or. and or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in income per year uh the last sophisticated years. is somebody that's knowledgeable of, of investments in general and uh, doesn't necessarily have um, a, a quantity that's attached right. to them so uh Nick, when we left, we were talking about um some of the different types of uh, uh
2: Alternative, alternative investments,
0: investments yeah. that uh, that would get you that difference in diversification. We said gold is, uh, you know, goes contra to the the strength of the yeah. dollar. Um, yeah, what yeah. else we got? I th-
1: I want to pick up I want to pick up right there, Troy, because I think I think gold might be the first alternative for the average investor because right. I I, I kind of think of I kind of think of uh, you know a number of variables. So we're talking we're talking. High growth, low growth, we're talking inflation, deflation, and we're talking rates, right? So there's three different factors right there. The one concern is what happens to your stock and bonds in a stagflationary environment where you have low growth and high inflation. Well, that's when real assets are going to do well. That's when you're going to do well owning commodities, and gold also has that safe haven value. Right.
0: Generally speaking, though, we're not talking about an investment and, in, you know, you're not going all in in gold. What you want no. is some small exposure, right. maybe 5% or less. Right. Uh, and, and this is not, uh, you know, once in a while we'll run across somebody that's telling us that uh, they think the economy is going to blow up and we need to buy gold. That's not this investment. We're talking about just having some exposure. Yeah, don't exposure. sell your
2: portfolio and move to gold. That's not <laughs> right. what we're saying.
0: Right. It's, it's a small exposure.
2: And, and also, let's clarify, I mean, we're not telling you to go out and necessarily buy physical gold. Coins, anything like that you know with the evolution of investment products you can now go buy an etf um you know be careful of what you're buying because there's some that buy futures there's some that buy (laughs) the underlying gold asset and what that does while there's an expense associated with an expense ratio uh it's a lot less than if you had to go store that gold yourself you know pay for the security Security, of keeping it safe
0: security is an issue Um,
2: very low cost uh, great liquidity you can sell it as you need to Right, um, so just be mindful of the way that you want to purchase these assets. Something so easy doesn't exist across the board for alternative assets, but we see more and more every day every you know every week, every year, whatever it may be sure. um to enable you to buy these these different assets and have the liquidity that you want at the same time.
0: Yeah. Uh, some of the other asset classes we're talking about, it's, sometimes it's just the way that the, the investment is wrapped. Uh, you know, you can have pooled vehicles like registered mutual funds or uh, separately managed accounts. Quite often internally we create for our clients uh, an investment that has their individual stock holdings. Uh, when that might be beneficial is if you've especially got a, a taxable Uh, account, uh, you know, say the market's up 10% in a year, not every single one. And when I say the market, the S&P 500 might be up 10% in in an individual year, uh, but it might have four or five or 10 stocks that are negative, actually. Uh, You could actually, if you held every one of the underlying securities, and this is just a theoretical, I don't think it's reasonable to have 500 individual securities in your portfolio but if you did have uh, some of those that were negative you could go out and sell them short term make sure you don't uh, breach the wash sale rules the IRS has in place but you can actually turn them from an unrealized gain into a recognized or realized gain uh, and and then you get a tax benefit on top of that so it is a way to maybe slightly boost your overall return. Uh, sure. And there's there's others, hedge funds. Yeah, and right. even hedge
2: funds. Uh, you can invest in a lot of these hedge fund strategies, Jacob, as we were talking earlier through ETFs, uh, right, funds right. of that type, without actually having to go to this separately managed account, if you will, and have a extremely high minimum investment, uh, low liquidity.
1: And not a lot of visibility into What is actually going? Yeah, we've seen a lot more accessibility as far as various different strategies. I think we gave an overview of the the different asset classes, but uh, uh, there's there's a number of different strategies that can be employed just in just in equity and bonds themselves that um, are going to have negative beta, low beta, you know, not be correlated. We're talking the market
0: constrained type funds,
1: market neutral, long short, um, you know,
0: yeah. A lot of those hedge funds try to make money no matter what the market conditions are. So if the market, you know, if you were in recession and uh, they were shorting uh, securities for you in some manner that would benefit from a falling market, you could you could actually have a positive return. Right. Uh, but, again, you know, keep in mind these strategies are kind of uh, on the far end. Most of the time, uh, you know, the average investor is just going to hold stocks – Uh, or bonds, and and you can have that exposure through a mutual fund or exchange-traded fund. So uh, some of the things that you need to be careful of, especially if you're going to get out and invest in uh, in hedge funds, uh, quite often you hear about Ponzi schemes, and unfortunately quite often they're tied to a situation where you've given your money – to a hedge fund, it's an investment partnership. Usually, the way that they uh, they arrange them uh, legally, uh, and you give them the money. They tell you what you made. They tell you what your assets are. They're the custodian. When you have one point of contact, it makes it easier for them. If they were unscrupulous, yeah,
2: not having that separate reporting,
0: right? They can lie to you and say, yeah, your return is X. Uh, you know, it goes on and on. Uh, the the one that we talk about pretty much every time the the Ponzi scheme. Concept comes up is Bernie, Bernie Madoff, Madoff, and Bernie yeah. Madoff did just exactly what I'm talking about. So if you're going to do a hedge fund, uh, either have uh, as much clarity and transparency as you can or, uh, you know, again, just know that you're taking excessive risk just by the way that that business might be structured
1: um, yeah, and I think our advice would be, like we said before, there's plenty of ETF, liquid ETF vehicles to accomplish a number of these strategies and right. building out a diversified alternative portfolio with a number of different asset classes. It's not going to make up a majority of your total market exposure, you know, but slow. enough to bring down the volatility in your portfolio and diversify away if you own a business like in this case. sure. It's definitely a viable strategy for a high net worth individual.
0: You threw out one word, and I think it probably uh, bears a little bit of putting flesh on the bones. Uh, You said liquidity. So when you deal with a hedge fund, quite often they have what's called a lockup. You give them your money, and you can't get it back for six months. Or right. a year or 18 months, whatever it might be. Uh, and the other piece that we probably ought to talk about quite often the fees are really high. Uh, the structure there is quite, is, uh, two I and think the most common, yeah, is the 2, two and, 20. and 20. So it's 2% of all assets under management. And if they make a gain, When they make a gain, we'll say, they're the smart guys, right? They always make a gain. (laughs) I say that tongue-in-cheek because they don't always make a gain. Hedge fund performances
2: lag the market
0: in uh, recent years. Yeah, they have pretty significantly. But uh, when they make a gain, uh, they take 20% of that gain on top of the 2% that that they're going to make sure they get just on the assets that you uh, have with them. So uh, a lot of things to consider when it comes to uh, alternative investments. Uh, If you have questions about those, we can always uh, get you an answer. Again, our number, 770-429-9166 at Hensler Financial. Uh, If you have those sorts of questions, again, you can have us answer them on the air, or if you want to just talk to us in private, you can do that as well. Uh, Guys, we got another question, and here we go, interns. We're going to get you guys in the game. Uh, Marshall Sr. and Marshall Jr. from Douglasville. Ask in my son's economics class, they're picking stocks and watching them for a month. My son has picked Hasbro, Activision Blizzard, and World Wrestling Entertainment. I'm really hoping the teacher limited their choices to kid-friendly stocks. Eh, I guess that's a concept. Uh, Anyhow, part of their assignment is to seek out an expert opinion. Uh, Whether that be a magazine article or a stock professional, as such, we decided to write you and get your opinions. Thank you. Uh, So, guys, what do you think about Hasbro, Activision Blizzard, and WWE?
3: Sure. So I'm going to start with Hasbro. Uh, just over the past 12 months, their stock has seen a 17% increase and the year to date is 25% by itself. A lot of that is attributed to kind of the environment they're in. You know, historically, if you're like a toy and game maker, you know, especially when they were started, uh, all of it's going to be physical, whether it be board games or G.I. Joe dolls or whatever. Uh, but you know, In this day and age, uh, the market's changing. A lot of the entertainment that kids are experiencing is going to be digital, and uh, Hasbro's been making a huge push to invest in things like that. A lot of their top-line growth, uh, they saw 13% revenue increase just from the last quarter, has been from uh, investing in digital gaming and digital marketing and things like that. Uh, They're taking a lot of market share away from Mattel, which is their primary and largest competitor uh, in the U.S. Uh, They they actually surpassed Mattel in sales for the first time uh, since the year 2000. So put a bow on it, Morgan. Do we (laughs)
0: buy or do we? Uh, I like the the stock.
3: I say buy. buy. I say they're investing in the right things, and the stock price is definitely showing for it.
0: There you have it. Morgan Sanchez with a buy opinion on Hasbro, symbol H-A-S. Stick around, guys. We're going to go pay a few bills. You're listening to Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks, and they finally made me play the song yeah. they wanted.
1: Yep. All four of us. Oh, wow. We finally I, yeah. wore them down.
0: They, uh, they overcame me. Uh, Kiara.
1: The beat uh, was too hot. It was flaming. Oh, yeah, that,
0: that was good. I don't know, guys. All right, so in our last segment, you heard... Morgan Sanchez talk about Hasbro. We got two more stocks to give to uh, give our opinion on to Marshall Senior and Marshall Junior out of Douglasville. Uh, Activision Blizzard, JP, what you got on that? All right. So Activision Blizzard, as many people know, is a video game company.
4: Video it's been around games. since the 1980s. Uh, before we look at some of the numbers, it's really important to understand where this industry is going. Uh, growing up, Morgan and I went to GameStop a lot, bought a lot of video games. Retail, physical, that copies. explains a lot. Has that stopped actually? <laughs> nah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it has, believe
0: it or not. Uh, wow, the you numbers? guys have outgrown Activision Blizzard. Oh, pitch? no,
4: no, we've outgrown going to GameStop. So oh, you don't pay <laughs> for them anymore. So right? he's shorting, he's there short, you go. GameStop. short yeah, GameStop. There it is. There you go. So, you know, one of the things that we've seen is between 2015 and 2016, there's a 20% increase in digital online channels, which is awesome because higher margins, uh, they can expose you to a different, a bunch of different micro purchases, things like that, that can really trap you. And people that play these things. Uh, consistently. This is what they spend all their money on and giving them that open ecosystem. That's like in-game purchases? Absolutely. And uh, that open ecosystem that they get you on, that's where they can make a lot of their money. Open
0: ecosystem.
4: Yeah, and that's that's what we're trying to look at. So we see uh, Blizzard is especially good at this, and Activision's been kind of hedging themselves on that purchase. So we saw a big fall in Call of Duty sales, which is the flagship brand, one of the successful video game franchises of all time. Uh, Wasn't so popular last year, but Uh, Fortunately, Blizzard came out with Overwatch, a couple other games last year, some expansions for current games, and their revenue was up. 46% 46% year over year when the average was down. about. Uh, so they're able percent.
2: to sell direct to the consumer now, right? Absolutely. As opposed to 100% being you know, distributed out to your big box retailers, you go in there or your, your GameStops and purchase them there. So that's what's driven margins higher?
4: Absolutely. Uh, we have seen margins press down a little bit. They acquired King Digital. Uh, if anyone here has played Candy Crush, I have not, but I'm assured people Jeez. like it. Yeah. They acquired that for $5.6
0: billion. What, are you the only person who hasn't played
4: it? I, Even I think I. so. Even I'll send I, you a Facebook, I'll send you a Facebook request.
0: <laughs> I have. not, Me neither.
4: Uh, So, yeah, they acquired that for $5.6 billion in 2016, right at the beginning. And we can see that uh, immediately reflected in their financial statement. They went from having 9% uh, of handheld uh, revenue to 25.3% in just one year.
0: JP, is this a buy, sell, or hold?
4: Oh, this is buy all the way. We're looking at an industry that's expected to grow about $20 billion just in the United States. In the next four years. Wow. I'm liking that a lot. And if we're going to pick a company, we want to pick the one that has the least exposure to individual brands, and Activision's the one to go to. There okay. we
0: go. Uh, Hasbro, both Hasbro, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. Hasbro and Activision Blizzard, are, are, uh, they meet our financial criteria, uh, Hensler financial criteria for investment. We got one more WWE. WWE, World. brother. Wow. Dang. <laughs> that was horrible. Here, that was a good one. We
2: got <laughs> I know.
0: We got it. No, let's not.
1: Let's, let's do this quick. Um, Basically, right off the top, I think this stock is quite a bit expensive at 40 times earnings. Last year, they yeah. grew revenues at 11%. Uh, the forecast for this year is for 6%. Um. I think really what you're buying here is a media company. Two-thirds of their revenues are coming from TV.
5: Um, they network. have
1: diversified to an over-the-top solution, which should drive growth both domestically and international. But um, I still think you're going to get a drag. Their their cable line is still 33% of revenue. I think you're going to get a drag there. And the ownership structure, um, just from an institutional perspective, um, Vince McMahon, um, there's two classes of shares. He owns 93% of the B yeah, shares. those so always get. You've got no, no say. Yeah, in nobody's what ever going to
0: make that business do anything different right. than what he wants it to do. Yeah, I think uh, it's probably part of the reason that it's not going to be meeting our investment criteria. Jacob, sounds like a sell to me.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: All right, yeah. so sell WWE. Um, the one thing I will say about the whole exercise is. Uh, I really appreciate it when they try to get young people interested in investing. And it doesn't necessarily matter what the, uh, what the company. If it's something that they're interested in in another way and they can dig in and, and try to understand how the company itself works and makes money or doesn't make money, uh, it's probably a positive exercise. And that's something Certainly. we
2: encourage, especially around the holidays. If you're looking for right. a different gift to give, this kind of teaches them something about saving and investing as well. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect way to do it, whether it's for a birthday or uh, a Christmas gift.
0: Absolutely. We used to talk about getting them a single share to hang on the wall, but it's gotten so tough now to get the, the shares sent to you. Uh, probably best just to be creative and make up something on your own. Buy them a share so they feel like they have some sort of an investment and let them go from there. But uh, I, I do applaud getting young people interested in investment. Uh, got another question here. David from Kennesaw Uh Says, uh, I'm looking at the funds I own in my 401k and other options available to me. Some are highlighted as actively managed, but they cost more. What is this, and is it worth the extra money? Oh,
1: that's a Pandora's box, Troy.
0: Can well just open that it, there, there's always going to be an if at the front of this
1: the active passive argument sure how long how long do we have <laughs> yeah, well,
0: not long, but here 's the thing. The world seems to be going more going more and more passive all along it 's the e t f revolution. A lot of folks would tell you that uh, there is there's no reason that you would want to own uh, an active fund, but we and what, tend to disagree, and there's a reason. When things are going up, it's easy to agree Absolutely. with that,
2: too, especially if you've got one-half to three-quarters of active managers all trailing their benchmarks. But what happens when the market isn't going up all the time?
0: Yeah, well, what happens is the active management crowd generally tends to be a little more conservative. And they're more conservative because there's a reason for it. Uh, the market doesn't always go up. When uh, When you have volatility, chop in the market, up and down days, or even a, a major decline – you will almost always see active management as a whole outperform the market. Now, since March of 2009, that hasn't been the case. We've had a a very uh, smooth, trending, positive market. Uh, We don't believe that that's a forever thing, though.
2: Yeah, and, and if if you want to look at some of these actively managed funds and see how well they do in down markets, it's easy enough with tools like Morningstar. But something to look for is their upside and downside capture the ratios. Downside it's going to capture, show you right. – yeah, the downside in particular. It's going to show you when the market goes down, how much of that decline in the market does the fund participate in.
0: Yeah, the one thing you can think about is if uh, you know in our last recession, 2007, 2008 – Uh, Into early 2009, uh, market lost over 50%. Think about this. When your portfolio loses 50% of its value, it's got to double. It's got to make a 100% gain after that just to get back to zero. Right. If you go down 25%, not near as much. You yeah, really it's don't important have to not
2: to overlook the importance of downside protection.
0: Absolutely, and that's usually what active management is going to give you. Uh, you know, most active managers try to avoid things like market timing and uh, those kind of issues, but they also know exactly where the the safest places. Hard to hide. Sure, we, you
2: can't make strategic decisions when you buy the entire index. You can't take advantage right. of undervalued, you know, sectors well, no, in the market. No. And, right.
1: and and as an active manager, you're you're truly looking into the fundamentals. You're you're paying for those earnings. Right. And, and, and another thing we've we've talked about is even buying the S and P 500, although it's the benchmark for most large cap funds. That's not even a passive decision if you really want to get down to it. Right. The most passive decision would be to own. Everything, the
0: whole market, yeah, and there's maybe one or two ways you can do that. The uh, All, all country, country World Index, index is right. out there and available. You can find ETFs that uh, that mark to that. But uh, Jacob, great point. Uh, so if I'm act- if I'm passively managed, and I own an ETF that's got the S and P 500, I've got one that's got the small cap and the mid cap and uh, international and who who's going to tell me how much weight that I need to put in my portfolio in each and every one of those? Uh, nobody, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. A- without being actively managed. Yeah. It's, it's the the allocation piece that you just absolutely cannot get away from. Uh, when it comes to to being a passive manager. The other thing is we wouldn't own about half of the S&P 500 because of our active management style of trying to be safe.
2: I do want to finish on one last note. Be cognizant of the fees that you are paying. We're not saying that all actively managed funds can justify the fee that's on there. So you know, see where that compares to to their peers.
0: Right, yeah. So at some point, uh, the active management is absolutely worth what you pay for it. All right, guys, uh, last part of the show. We always ask, market going to be up or down this week? It's going to be dependent on the reaction to the health care. Jacob, you got to say something, up or down?
1: Up, I think. We get through the Senate. Up.
0: I th- always up. I'm a broken record. JT. Oh, down. JP, sorry. JT. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. We're out. Money Talks.